and welcome to the best moment of your week ever of all time. 58 minutes of bliss. It's under the radar. Part of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast Family Network Consortium. With me as always, your friend of mine, Ian Kahn. Hello, my friends. It's such a delight to be here on a Wednesday day. Loving it, Lyle loving it. My friend and yours, and the man who's also opposed to daytime shows, Rogue Chibata this week. What is he? He's not opposed to daytime shows. We all are, except for you. Not so. Not so. <laughs> Derek Van Riper. And the listeners. No, the listeners. Are you kidding? I just got a lovely text message from a buddy of mine named Rizwan, who's a listener to the show. And he said something. To the, I sent you guys the text. Something to the effect of listening to the three of us. <laughs> Out of context. Is, out of context, yeah. text. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Always, always good for that. Uh, but just that they he, that he so enjoys our, uh, you know, uh, what what was the word that he used? It was a good word. I was like, ooh, that's what you want. You want that? Uh, you uh, get me through a good portion of the day. Love the rap- rapport between you guys. Rapport. I know it's rapport, but right now I'm reading it as rapport. That's strange. <laughs> Fun. Strange guy, man. Yep. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true. Uh, I bet you there's a follow-up text. It's like, but I wish you guys would go back to nighttime. Holy sh... You, oh, my God. He just texted that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Come on. You're the one who says we can't screw around anymore. Come there, on. Let's go. This is our yeah, last show. I, this is our last this, show before Big Draft Weekend, by the way. So. Oh, it's true. Yeah. And this is a huge... This is the biggest rundown in the history of our show. Well, here's the funny part. I had So I'd written a rundown, and it goes all the way up to numeral XX22. Uh, but... <laughs> I sent you guys my relief pitcher rankings. So I got to do relief pitcher rankings uh, right now for the for the 2020 season, uh, preseason draft kit. And I sent it to Ian and DVR. And Ian, after backing out of the GDD points league, even though we tried yeah. to get him to do it last week. and no, uh, not doing it. Yeah, well, we got Joe Sheehan, so joke's on you. You buddy. win. Come on. Yeah. He's the newsletter king. I, I, I'm I a subscriber. I love it. I love, I'm love a it. Subscriber. Go ahead. Uh, so so uh, Ian sends back. A lot of feedback. In fact, it's just just a call me, a very a very curt <laughs> call me, and proceeds to call rip me apart. before you post this. Yeah, that's what I wrote. Exactly. He was saving me, uh, which we'll get into in a second. And DVR just didn't reply at all. So um, I figured because he saw he saw that I because I replied all. I know. DVR call me be before me. you post this. Uh, and I got some nice feedback from Al Melchior. I sent it to those three guys. You know, I, I respect the opinions of all three of them, um, and I assume they would all reply. So. I was half right. <laughs> I actually I sent you a Slack later in the day. I said, "Hey, did those guys give you enough feedback?" And if they didn't, I would have gone through it. But I figured if Al and Ian both looked at it, you probably got enough feedback. There wasn't going to be anything I was going to add beyond what those guys had. So, I, well, I wanted to hit relief pitcher rankings. Like, I know we got a lot of new stuff uh, that we we're going to talk about, which I think was really, really good stuff. Uh, but I wanted to, I wanted to just get to these relief pitcher rankings so I can hit publish, basically. And I promised Ian that I wouldn't until we talked about this. Um, so Ian, I mean, so I obviously can't read all 124, and I've made a lot of tweaks. Ian had some yeah. serious beef with Archie Bradley being so high. I think I had him as four, maybe. And then you, you like, had him no, 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 no. at you had since we're talking about it, you had Archie Bradley at two. There you go. That's where you had Archie Bradley. Yeah. You had him at two, 
And I said, because of the way that NFBC is going right now in the main event and things like that, or I'm doing a, a 150 draft, relief pitchers in the 60-game season are being drafted really high. And, you know, Josh Hader's getting taken with, like, the 45th pick. Kirby Yates with, like, the 60th pick. I got to lower my mic. I'm popping a little bit. Um, and so, basically, what you're saying is that you have Archie Bradley being taken with a fourth or fifth-round pick. And, I, look, I, I, I thought about this. And I was like, what the heck? And then I remembered. It's the OOTP. No, it's not. He actually it's lost a lot It's the OOTP. He lost a lot of saves to Keone Kila in OOTP. To uh, okay. New Diamondback, Keone Kila. Yeah. We'll tell you what it was. Actually, it might have been OOTP in a way because I had to trade for Keone Kila because there wasn't another guy who was going to take saves away from Archie Bradley. Like, there wasn't that dude who you could be like, that guy's strong enough in the eighth to, you know, maybe steal like seven or eight saves away. Mm-hmm. And that's what led me to Archie being like, I'm looking at these guys as... Who's got that job? And Archie Bradley has that job. Pretty hardcore, I think. Yeah, but he's just not that good. That's the problem. I mean, he here's how you know. He spent the last number of years. I mean, he was a top prospect, right? There was a time, I'd say 2000, gosh, like 14, 15. He was a top 100 prospect, kind of high on the list. He was going to be a starter. And then eventually they went, you know, you're not really a starter. You're more of a reliever. And he's like, oh, gosh darn. I really wanted to be a starter. Okay, I guess I'll go to the pen. Nicest man, apparently. Very lovely guy. And then they just kind of went, he doesn't have the heart to be the closer, is what it seemed like to me in 2018, 2019, and uh, 2017, 2018, and 2019. Then there was a period last year where he finally did get into the job. He was pretty good. He was pretty good. He was like Alex Colomay good. Actually, probably wasn't even that good. But he was in like the ballpark of good. I picked him up in a couple of leagues and rode him. But he's just not a, he's not a guy, you know, he's a, he's a to me, he's a 18 to 24th ranked. Maybe 18th rank. Let's just say he's like the 18th ranked starting uh, relief pitcher. So what I said to you at the time is, look, you can be high on Archie Bradley. I'm actually all for it. Maybe he does turn into that. But if you have him around 10 or 11, you're already industry high. There's nobody close to you on Archie Bradley. Nobody has him that high. But I, like, I don't want to be industry high. I would like to put Archie Bradley where I feel like he belongs. Okay, let's ask Let's ask uh, the, the rogue Chibata. Let me flip the question on you. Oh, no. <laughs> he just doesn't want to be mean. No, no, I, I just, I just <laughs> what? So I, I guess my concern with Archie Bradley is, yeah, their past lack of a commitment. He was good once he got the job for the final two months of, of last year, especially. But what does Archie Bradley do better than the guys that the industry, even just like the top eight closers? Like, what can he do that right. that guys like Yates and, and Hater and Ozuna and if healthy or all this Chapman like? And Giles. Giles, like they're all kind of in that group. Taylor Rogers, Kenley Jansen, you know, assuming health for all those guys. Like, well, see, the, but also the third guy you mentioned might be splitting. Like everyone's down on Josh Hader. He's splitting saves with Corey Knebel, apparently. So I no, mean, he's not. Know, knock him down not yet. Not uh, yet. Is, is not, he? The industry no. says so. ADP says so. He's still going to get saves. I think the interesting thing, I think it was a Rob Silver tweet that even without saves, Josh Hader has a projection that could make him the 15th most valuable pitcher in the league. Not just reliever, which is really interesting because, you know, he's not used like a short reliever. He gets more than three outs at a time, even when he gets saves. And because the strikeout rate's so high, he's going to vulture wins if he's getting seventh and eighth inning opportunities in high leverage spots too. That's a really weird sort of thing where it's like, even if Josh Hader gets half as many saves or even less than that than we expected he still could be 
at a point where he returns enough value to justify being the first reliever off the board. You know what worries me a little bit about him, DVR, and you're Milwaukee uh, adjacent. You know this stuff. Like, it just seemed like Milwaukee didn't want anything to do with him. Like, why would you not want anything to do with a guy who's so valuable? You know what I mean? Like, oh, Josh Hader might get traded. Josh Hader might be on the block. You know, this is back in January, February. But, like, what does that not worry you a little bit? Milwaukee's not a cheap team. I think what I think happened there, I think a team like the Yankees or some other teams were, were interested. And it was more of a David Stern said something to the effect of, we'll listen on anybody. And someone else probably asked a follow up question like, does that include Hader? And it was like, well, sure. It's anybody, right? If, if, if the right offer comes along, if you get the three or four players for Josh Hader and yeah. you know, one or two of those guys are young major league ready position players and then you get a couple prospects, okay, sure. Like the, the godfather offer. That's more or less what it would have taken. I think they understand how to use him optimally. I think they understand how valuable he is. I mean, Josh Hader lost his arbitration case. He ended up being cheaper than expected. Just just looking at this from the team perspective. So I, I, know, I remember those rumors coming out but I always felt like those were more like, yeah, sure, come come overpay for Josh Hader, and you know you could. And have also, him. Milwaukee doesn't have the budget. Like going back to OOTP, which is remarkably still going to stick around in our world. Um, you know, I I, I kind of futzed around. I've been living with the White Sox. Love the White Sox. Love the. I picked up the Yankees. I just was like, I wonder what it would be like to start a a, a you know a league with the Yankees as the owner. The budget for the White Sox is $165 million and like it's tight. It's going to be 165 and like you better figure that out. The budget for the Yankees is $285 million. The difference is remarkable because you can drop J Hap. You can, you can get, let J Hap's contract run out at the end of the year and then pay $45 million a year for Mookie Betts without a problem. Josh Hader is in arbitration now. He's going to be a free agent. And when he's a free agent, he's going to get 18 to $22 million a year. Really, I think that's pretty likely, unless we see some arm trouble coming up later. To be able to get out from under that and be able to really maximize the return, I think that's what it has so much to do with. Yeah, but this i mean, this is a team that should should be in contention this year. Why would you be talking about trading away your the league's top closer? Relief pitcher. He's the league's top relief pitcher, period. Because if you could get um, two top 30 prospects um, and two top, 100 prospects and a top 150 prospect for him and be a small market team, which Milwaukee is, you got to consider that. Atanasio spends, man. Come on. He's a, they're not small. Does man. he though? DVR, what's I, the budget I, I, on the, on the Brewers? You know, that team better than anybody. They've been living in the, I think it's the one hundred and twenty million dollar range. If you start yeah, counting for spending. options and stuff, I mean, well, it's not, yeah. 80. it's not spending compared to the Yankees, but they're, they're not the pirates either. Like they, they spend, appropriately relative to market size compared to how other teams spend, which again, that's a, mm-hmm. a sentence full of caveats. Like every team, they could spend more. But if you look that's at how really other teams are, are running, I don't think you can look at their situation and call them cheap relative to their peers. Can I go back to Nando's list for one second? There's one player on the list as it's currently constituted that I just think should be well higher, way higher. Um, is Craig Kimbrell. You have him at 24. Yeah. I, I have him like... <laughs> what, what? All right, thanks, Steve. I just, I just, I just yeah, like... I don't see you ranking yeah. 124 relievers. <laughs> <laughs> I got him at like 10. I think he's broken. I don't think he's broken. I think he's I think he's fixed. Did you read the latest, uh, I think Patrick Mooney, 
Hold on. Well, DVR, will you explain your cruel laughter? Let me pull it up. <laughs> it, was just la- it was just your reaction. Yeah. It, well, it, it was just not as a funny man. It was just the way you said, yeah, was funny. Look, yeah. <laughs> it's all about report. You know, we got great reports. It's the first time anyone's directly put out a list of, of rankings for thorough review on the pod. Like, we've talked about different rankings mm-hmm. we've put out over the last year or so, but we've never just taken the, the knife and scalpel to a set of rankings. Well, we've never done the rankings before they've been posted. Like, we've done my Dynasty rankings that I do over Rotowire. Um, we do your, we've done your top 200 hitters and pitchers, but that's after they've been published. This is, this was, th- I, I actually, I kind of like the list as it's constituted now. Certainly. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, I do. I do. I think you made good changes. I still think Michael Givens is too high because I just don't think but, the Baltimore Orioles are going to win enough games to, to constitute that ranking. But there are a million instances of terrible teams producing 35 save players. Yeah, but like, see, like, I, I agree with that. And I agree with the idea of, of like investing in Archie Bradley kind of where he goes. I think you can I think you can see Michael Givens having like a Shane Green twenty nineteen type season. You know, Shane Green was with the Tigers, the Tigers were bad, Shane Green was really valuable for four months yeah. and he got traded and became a setup right. guy. That can happen. But I also think we gotta be careful not to overpay hoping for that sort of like outlier outcome. I mean, Michael Givens could end up in a good bullpen by the end of the season. He could be getting a lot more holds for the final month or final six weeks than he gets in the first few weeks. Like, that could definitely happen. I don't think they're going to trade him. If, if he stays in Baltimore, though, I mean, that's, that's a bad team. I mean, how many wins do they have this year? Over, under, 18 wins. I'd probably take the under on 18, actually. I would take the under as well. It depends, man. Like, so... I got a sneak preview of the beat writer roundup, and Dan Connolly had said something like, the bat's going to be better than you think. Mm-hmm. The pitchers are not. But, I mean, if they bring up, like, Zach Lowther, Michael Ballman, like, they have some guys in the minors who are actually good. Um, I don't know if they'll do it. I mean, oh, they're not going to. I mean, they... The Red Sox have a bad staff. The Red Sox have a yeah, very bad Red staff. Sox. And it might be worse than the Orioles. Put them head-to-head. Who's who's the Red Sox number four right now? Mazza? Who? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't remember no, his first I, name, but it's something. But I, I say I, I would actually say they're going to win 14 games this year. How about that? In a full 60 game season, I say 14 wins. 14 and, and 44. I think he'll be 14 and 46. They'll be 14 and 46. Yep, that's what I meant. <laughs> right. So the 14 wins. Two rainouts. So good. Two rainouts. <laughs> <laughs> That's some really good report. Um, the, the the fourteen wins. So I, you'd think he that he, there'll be eleven of them will be close games, right? You know, three they'll win big, just because I think fourteen might fourteen might be the high. I mean, like I could see him winning eleven or ten. That'd be so weird. I, but I mean, like they're gonna. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking about this man. more. I would give them maybe. All right, fine. So Michael, but Michael Givens, you can just go right back around to the Josh Hader thing, where he's going to strike a billion people out, and his whip is yeah, a lot better Givens, than people think it is. Yeah, but Givens isn't Josh Hader, and he's not that good. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Kind of close. I think. I think. I think Givens has kind of like like second tier strikeout ceiling. Thirty three point one percent last year is good. That's that's a good strikeout rate. That's if everything goes and that was right. A down year. That was that was a career high for him for a. K-rate. Oh, that was. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> overall, overall, it was a down year. He had a terrible ERA. Right, yeah, it was the highest ERA of his career. He's had lower whips than what he had last year too. Like there, there is room for growth ratios wise 
regression back to his previous levels. He could do that. You know the guy who's kind of interesting me a lot in the relief pitching ranks, even though I don't think his team's going to win many games, is Brandon Workman. I mean, those numbers are silly, man. He was really good last year. Yeah. And he's got good he's got good stuff too. I mean, what was his ERA? It was it was his whip was like 0.81 or something. You want me to bring him up, but who does he go like so I got him 20. Who does he go above? Hector Neris? Emilio Pagan is nasty. Neris is hurt. Neris is hurt. Pagan is is not going to close. Yeah, but I mean, he's going to be like one of those guys who's middle. Yeah, he won't get wins, you saves. A lot of strikeouts. Low low whip. Maybe I I you know I think I think that the Ian Kennedy I think Ian All right, Kennedy. I'll put him sixteen. I think Ian Kennedy needs to move down because I they're even you know Mike Matheny. Why Mike Matheny is the manager? But there you go. Uh, but see, I thought Dave Martinez was the lock. So what do I know? But. Uh, Ian Mike Kennedy's Matheny not going to uh, stats courses. I don't know if you read the story on him. Yeah, he took a lot of stats yeah. courses. All right, good for him. Yeah. Uh, Ian Kennedy is he's he's not making any promises that Kennedy is going to be the closer. And he said he's going to play matchups, but he's got all righties. Um, except Lovejoy is a lefty, so you know maybe maybe that's who's going to get some. some you can't space play matchups time. anymore. You got to face three batters. There's no such thing as matchups anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I just I th- that that's one spot. I like that you got Britain in the top twenty five now because I think I think it's going to take. You know, I've watched Chapman come back from injury. It always takes him a little bit longer than it should. Yeah, it's always like an extra two weeks. So Britain's going to get some good run for a while. We never really got onto why you like Craig Kimbrell. Oh, I found the I story. Just, it was it was Sahadev Sharma wrote it. And what did he say about Kimbrell? Uh, hold on, I'm getting there. I got to hold. On. I got to move the zoom window to get back to the story. <laughs> Uh, Kimberly, he's no, he's throwing strikes. However, Derek, he's, he's just giving so up home guy. runs. <laughs> uh, well, hold on. I'm going to read the whole thing and read it to you while I find the. It just didn't sound. It wasn't very glowing. Last season continued a downward trend for Kimberly's four seam velocity. Hmm? I get it, but you know we're judging him on that return in August last year, right? Well, he's That's trying to get July. his feet under him still. Throw strikes, Ross said. I think he's got a few things to iron out to feel comfortable. What has this dude been doing for three years? You're a veteran, man. You're like he should have been. Thr- you got, yeah, kind of Falafa, who's getting guys 15 feet away from him throwing bullets his way, so he can simulate what a fastball looks like while he's hanging out in Hawaii for three months. Well, we're off, and he's coming back and just ripping the cover off the ball. And now Craig Kimbrell needs to get his feet under him. He's staying at 20. I'm sorry. Maybe he's <laughs> going right. down. Well, you <laughs> have him at 24, baby. <laughs> All right, then I'll maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 24 is good then. We got another bet for Chris. Over under 24 on the final relief pitcher rankings. I, and I will include injury. Even if he gets injured, that should be part of the bet. Okay? So you, typically we say, well, injury doesn't count. But no, it counts. Because I 24, uh, let's make it 23 so that Nando can do the clear under on that. Um, 20, so I'm taking the over on that. I'm taking that he will he will finish higher in the rankings. Than, or is that the under? I don't know. But, you you're know, saying he's going to be better than 24. Better, I'm yeah, saying better he's better than, than 24, 24 yeah. and you're saying that he... 20, we're saying 23 because you have him at 24. So I'm saying right, he's going to be better than 23, and Nando's saying he's worse than 23. DVR, do you want to put your bet in? Yeah, I guess you got to put it... 23 and a half is, is the, the line, okay. right? Just because yeah. Nando's under that number. You're over that or number over. in terms of where he finishes in the ranks. I think he's going to yeah, finish above. I guess above is the the right word, right? Like he's going to be within. Would well, you top say better than or worse than? It's, we're confusing ourselves here. I think Craig Kimbrell will not be as bad as Nando thinks. 
this year. But okay. right. it, so Chris, right. please put that on the list. Or we could just do it ourselves. No, you say that, but did you do last week? Did you do <laughs> well, I thought it? Thought you were going to do. Why do I have to do it? See, there you go. Yeah, why did, why I actually have it set up. That <laughs> yeah, why did I'm Chris do it? is going to. No, I don't want to do it. That's why I have Chris. That's why Chris said he would do it, and we're very delighted that Chris is going to do it. So thank you, Chris, and hopefully you did last week, and that this week we've got, or so far, uh, twenty three and a half. <laughs> who's better and who's worse? Craig Kimbrell. Now, again, Nando wins this bet in a heartbeat if Kimbrell has some leg trouble or some arm trouble. And then that proves what Nando's point was, which is he should have been working in the offseason. I'm saying that he's going to come back. He's going to be really strong. I actually have him being a top 10 closer this year. So we'll see. Check out right. baseball pods on Twitter, too. That's our buddy, Chris. It's actually really yeah. good. It's, it's a really good follow. And, and, and. Not just saying that. He's also got a really interesting site where he does a top 500 on Dynasty Rankings. I mentioned that before, but it's definitely worth a look. So go check it out. All right. All right. And shout out Dr. Thomas Scott. Dr. Thomas Scott is taking Official over. Official pediatrician of the, uh, of the show. Of the Under the Radar show. We just need well, Derek I was, I, was, I, was, I was reaching for the Athletic Fantasy Baseball podcast. I can never, I can never remember that. I know it sounds ridiculous. Aren't we still but, under the radar? Are we, we're kind of under I'm the radar. Technically not. Spiritually, yes. Okay, fair enough. In the old days, it was going to be Nando and the General, remember? That's what we were going to call it. That's right. Well, that was your idea. Just for the record, I don't like putting my name on things. And you're like, Nando and the General. I'm like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, if you want to do that, we can do that. But then we... I would love to do a show with you. Honestly, without without Ciabatta, we would just be a mess. We would just be cheese and... Yeah, because we're we're totally streamlined right now. (laughs) Right. Yeah, things are going very well. This is very structured. <laughs> look, there's a lot of good report. All right, look, the list is going to be up on the site by the time you hear this, so go check it out. Uh, by the way, if you're not if you're not a uh, if you're not a subscriber, theathletic.com/draftkit. Let's get to it. Okay, so Ian quit GDD before it even got started. Joe Sheehan, his replacement owner, Mike Trout. Mike Trout goes number seven. Kaz wrote me an email saying, hey, so it looks like you're in. I was like, no, no, I'm not. Nothing's changed. I'm not doing the best ball. So that's it. That's it. No, no, I'm I'm doing GDD. I'm not doing best ball. No. All right. Uh, So anyway, Mike Trout went number seven overall on that. And thanks to DVR sharing the numbers with me of what the NFBC ADPs look like, uh, Mike Trout's actually just on the cusp of falling to sixth overall in most NFBC drafts. So that's not a huge In my NFBC, he fell to 12. That's crazy. That's crazy. And it was coming to me at 15, and I was probably not going to take him at 15. Yeah, I'd grown at that, too. Ah, I know. That's I worse than Archie Bradley, number two. I might take him at five. Like I, 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 I talked about it last week. We don't have to go down that path. At 15, even, even if you're skeptical, I, I, 12-team or 15-team, you get a replacement. 15-team. You, you get a replacement while he's gone. I just don't think he comes back once he's gone. I took Bregman and Harper. All right. Can't argue world. with that. What a yeah. world, though. Like, Ian taking Bryce Harper uh, in a spot where, like, if, if Mike Trout were there, you'd have taken Harper over Trout. <sighs> I don't know. I, I, I wasn't, I was kind of hoping he wouldn't fall because I didn't, because I had said on the show last week that I wouldn't take him at the back of the second round and he keeps falling. I'm like, oh my God, he's actually going to hit me at 15. I'm, what am I going to do? And then he got taken at 12. And I was like, all right, well, now I'm just going to take Bregman and Harper. And that was it. You know, there's definitely something to actually being in the situation of having to make the decision that battle tests your rankings or the things that you, you think you would do in those situations. Oh. Like, no matter how much you plan it, no matter how many hours you spend working on positional ranks, overall ranks, projections, whatever it is, you don't know for sure what you would do until your turn comes up 
yep. and you're staring right at that exact problem. That's when those finer tweaks get made to lists. You know, I not not knowing if Trout would actually be there at 15, you know, it's easy to say, well, yeah, maybe back in the second round. But then when you're in that situation, right. you're like, holy crap, was... I'm at 15. I could get Mike Trout. This has never happened before. I, that's what I, I was really there. And what, you know what I decided I would do if I did take him is I would take him at 16. So I would say I got Mike Trout in the second round. That was how I was going to justify it to myself. But <laughs> nice. seriously, I, I, I was like, I, I, and Bregman at 15, I really just like that pick. Bregman at 15. It's been fun. I, I yeah, no one's going to be team. booing him or anything. He's just going to be. He'll be. Playing. That's right. That's the thing. Nobody's going to. Yeah. There's going to be no booing. All the stuff that we talked about is not going to be in, come into play. Wait, artificial crowd noise. You're telling me they're not going to have the most <laughs> heinous booing and hissing of all time. That's so great. It could be worse. Oh my god! Could you imagine if they did that? It could be Thunderdome. Be... I don't. They can't do that, man. That's not cool. You, they. That's no. If they did that, I'd be against that. Like, let's say they go to Anaheim and they just, like, try to simulate how much the Astros would be booed. I, I think that's crap. I, I would not be okay with that. Because you can, you, no. Nope. I, I think, I hope, they won't do it because it's the major leagues. But this happens in the minor leagues. Like, Trevor Bauer was warming up for a game, I think, for the AAA playoffs. And it was a road game. And whoever was running the music pregame started playing cuts from Trevor Bauer's rap album. Yeah, that happened. Uh, that kind of trolling is prevalent in the minor leagues. It's more subtle when it happens in the big leagues, but I, I'd be okay with a, a little more, a little more fun in the league this year. I kind of hope they don't put in too much noise because I want to hear the players talking to each other. I'd rather hear that. I'd, I'd rather hear all the players mic'd up. Like I, I think that's awesome. They've been doing it for for some of the scrimmages that I've seen, and we, we've heard spring training games. They've done it. All star games. They've done it. Why not? I've seen catcher uh, GoPros on, on top of the catcher's oh, yeah, mask. That's cool. Why have that stuff? Like bring us closer to the game than we've ever been before since we're literally further away from the game than we've ever been before. Ooh. Did you hear oh, that, Nando? That's poetic. That's pretty good. That was really yeah, that was good. good. See what he yeah. did there? Shakespearean. Really good at that. Yeah. It was kinda I mean it was just I don't know about Shakespearean, but it was really good. Yeah. Let's get into the news. Okay. We have a very long we have twenty two things to discuss. In 29 minutes. We got it. Ready? <laughs> we'll get to one. Uh, I want to start with Nick Birdie. I read a really cool story. Uh, I think Rob Beer Temple, I assume, wrote it. Uh, so, Keone Keela has not yet reported to camp. Kyle Crick, I think, just made his season debut like three days ago on Sunday. And the story is about Nick Birdie. blatantly says it right in there. Nick Birdie's throwing 100 with control. His trainer in this, this break was this tw- – maybe it was before the break – was this 20-year-old junior college player who, like, I, it didn't really register with me, like, how this all kind of is working, but his name is John DeRuin. Uh He's from Hops Athletic Performance in Coventry, Rhode Island. And uh, he just figured something was wrong with Birdie. He said he lacked core strength and control. His rib cage flared out toward third base. Uh, he wanted to try and get him a little more power in his legs, his lower half. And now Birdie's getting, like, these he's... Was amazing in the Grapefruit League. 1.93 RA, 0.86 whip, 15.4 K per nine. Uh, he touched 100 miles per hour. Um, Derek Shelton, new manager who has no preconceived anything he's got to stick to, said it was 100 miles per hour with his mechanics being good with his arm slot being in the right place. The velocity is fun when you see 100 miles per hour on the board and everybody oohs and ahs about it. But the fact that he was under control and it came out in a controlled way was probably the timing. Uh, it was probably the thing that was most exciting. Uh, he's gone through thoracic outlet surgery. 
Um, I don't know, guys. I feel like Nick Where's Birdie. Nick Birdie on your list, bro? Where's Nick Birdie on your list? Oh, I have to read him. I think he's got to be in the 50s. Just off the top of my head, I'm going to 62. He's at 62. All right, there you I go. I don't know, man. I like that report. I, to me, that's a – hold on. I'm about to draft him. In, I'm going to put Nick Birdie on my list. But what if Crick, Crick shows up? Like, what if Keona Keela shows up? Well, Keela is not coming. Is Keela coming back to the Pirates? Am I, am I just confused? He's a quote-unquote undisclosed reasons kind of thing, isn't he? Yeah, he said he's not been on the field in this was the last update was a week ago, but if there's not an update saying he's back, then he's probably still away. Wow, Nick Birdie was taken in the 24th round. Wow. Nick Birdie's hot. He's he's risen in the NFBC ADPs too. Wow, yeah, that's why I'm looking at it. Dad, gone. Wow, look at that. All right. Well, right. Guess I'm not getting him. <laughs> He's had Tom. Oh, so he had Tommy John. Someone else had Thoresk outlet, I guess. He's he, he's been on the radar for he he was a early draft pick, wasn't he? He he he's been he's been on my radar for a number of years, Nick Birdie, and I'm um, in just so many so many struggles. Um, but hey, all for it. Wait, my bad. He's had both Thoracic outlet and Tommy John, so he's got it all behind him. That's a that's a tough combo to come back from. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times Thoracic outlet is career altering, if not career ending. I'm rooting for this guy. I think this is a bullpen that's it's a wide open path. I mean, how much do they really like Kella? Is he there long term? They don't like him. He's a bad. They they don't like him. They think he's mean. They <laughs> think <is> mean. <laughs> he's mean. No, they do. They think he's mean. That's the that's the scoop. They don't like him so much. Yeah. So I'm sure they'd be delighted to get him. Birdie was a. I remember he was drafted in 2014. Uh, the Twins got him. In the second round, and it was a big deal at the time. And it was like, he's going to be something. And then just trouble, trouble, trouble. I don't know. I, 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 right, I kind of like him. I'm moving I like him up. This, Nick Birdie. If in move my head up, I'm bro. saying 50, I put him at 52. No, nah, move him higher. You're the one who just discovered it. Make it 36. I, I, I vote 36. No, I 36 I a, is reserved I, for Rafael Montero. I've got a passing thought here on these relief rankings. This is just a broader thought about how rankings, maybe in general, make the most sense. Uh, our friend James Anderson over at Rotowire thought you was going to do the. He's not paying attention. You he's have not to paying do attention. it. No, I was no. Yeah, I was, was with baited. He's reading about Nick Birdie. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I swear, I, I, my goodness gracious! Wait a minute. Hold on. If you're going to throw, if you're going to name drop, and you're going to name drop my partner like that and our friend, you better ding it. It's not for me to ding. I, I didn't do it. Thought you were going to ding. I thought. I no, thought you, you got to ding, guy. D. They, no, DVR, you got to ding. Anytime anyone says. I'm glad we don't do this at night anymore so we stay on track. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> our friend James Anderson, ding. He nice. tears his rankings for rookies. Like He does a rookie piece every year for the magazine at Rotowire. It's on the site, too. And he groups the players in, in a way that I think if you took that concept and applied it to relievers, it might be it might be easier to kind of make sense of what happens after the top 30 or so, especially. Because I think once you get away from that first group where you're mostly looking for saves, you're looking for different kinds of things. You're looking for uh, someone who's in a position to maybe vulture opportunities, someone who is a multi-inning guy that gets you strikeouts that may never be a closer but is still useful as a staff filler. And then you've got you know long relievers who could become starters. And like ranking those guys in subgroups might actually be the optimal way to make the bottom part of any rankings list this goes beyond nando's relief pitcher rankings too i was thinking yeah, I'm, not, I'm not redoing anything for my rankings Continue. too 
No, I just, I mean, I think those, like those type, those pitchers do different, very different things, right? So it's so hard. It, it's almost an apples and oranges comparison when you're looking at Nestor Cortez versus Adam Ottavino, right? Because you're drafting Nestor Cortez as a guy that goes multiple innings that maybe could get a chance to start, and you're drafting Adam Ottavino almost entirely for holds and then for you know K's and ratios. Right, you, you're right. This is a roster building exercise. Like if you already have two Cortezes. You don't need Cortez. You want right. Ryan Presley. Right, yeah. You'd, you'd skip to a closer in waiting if you're going to take another pitcher. Like That's that's yeah. the thing you would do if you had two <laughs> Nestor Cortezes already. But imagine if you had John Duplantier and Nestor Cortez. Nasty. Those are like your last two. Those are like your kicker in your defense. Those are your last two picks. And you're going to have some nasty numbers on your staff. Man, I'm, I've been holding John Duplantier for so long. I, I, in fact, I just uh, joined forces with Robert Mershak. I don't know if you guys know who that is. He's a really good. No, but let's give him a sound. Uh, no, not yet. That's the first mention right. of him. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. Uh, but, but we were just talking about. He just joined me in one of my dynasty league teams that I've been fighting Cushing all these years. And uh, we were just talking about Duplantier, and I was like, look, I've been carrying him all these years, and he's like, keep carrying him. I was like, you know, and I will. You know, he, he there's still upside yeah. there. It's just it's been a long road, man. It's like, come on, man. You don't lose his skill. Be? Yeah, he's not losing his skill. It's just he's not. It's just never. He's you keep waiting for him to pop up and really like explode, and he hasn't done it. But maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year for him. It could be. I mean, like I'm assuming, like in 60 games, a lot of these guys are going to reach back for stuff they haven't reached back for, knowing that they're only throwing an X, you know, 30 innings. Uh, oh. Oh wait, I can't say this is still sorry. This is just company only stuff. But there's a very very cool story in the works that I think everyone should read. We'll let you know about it when it comes out. Um, anyway, or maybe it's not. I gotta actually check and see if he's actually writing it because it was a brilliant idea. Um, anyway, all right, deep, super deep. Matt Kemp. Here's what Matt Kemp said about joining the Rockies. I do hit the ball well in this ballpark. See the ball really good, and I like the background of the batter's eye with the trees. If I was struggling at any time and I knew we were coming to Colorado, this is a place where I was like, man, I could probably get locked back in here. Everyone has this or that or two or three stadiums they enjoy hitting in, and this is one of the ballparks I enjoy. They're going to have a DH. There's no Ian Desmond. Matt Kemp's only 35. They remind you this in there that he's kind of like a young 35. And at one point, he was um, Mike Trout. You know, for, for a couple years in his prime, he was Mike Trout. Oh, Fellas? No, he wasn't. He uh, wasn't Matt Mike Kemp? Trout. He was really good. But he wasn't Mike Trout. He was a, he was a top twelve player. Not he was never he never had the hit tool of Trout. He struck out too much. Um, he missed missed forty forty by a homer. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I'm I'm not giving I'm not giving him, I'm not giving him Mike Trout. No, he was never Mike Trout. Um, but sure, man, I'm all for it. Uh, but it's great ballpark. Let him do it. I I was picking my, Matt Kemp in a bunch of different uh, fifty draft leagues when he was going to Miami with the idea that he might just play a little bit in left field. So the fact that he's going to have a DH opportunity is really pretty exciting. I'm, I'm digging that. I like the idea that it's not like, he's not like, Oh, Colorado thin air, the ball flies. He's like, yeah, the batter's eye, the trees, like he's like, he's really more about the park than the air. I thought that was very impressive. I like when batters get into that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. No, in a 60 game season. Absolutely. I mean, he's not going to run. I wouldn't call him a young 35. He, you know, he, he parted his way through his twenties. He had some fun in LA. Um, he did it real. Well, I, I forgot I, about yeah, that. Yeah, that was a bad move. 
um, that that was the beginning of the end for his dominance in baseball is when he started doing that. It's like when Matt Harvey was doing the same thing. It's like, you got to be smart. <laughs> you got to be smart when you're in, in a big world like that. Just, you know, do your job and, and get, get better at that. Focus on that instead of having a good time. That's that's a, That was my feeling in my 20s when I was working as an actor. I was like, I, yeah, I don't want to go out. I want to get better. Because if I can get better in my 20s, I'll be as good as I can be as I continue growing. And, you know, guys who do that tend to, you know, have better longevity. Do you guys want to guess when Matt, when Matt Kemp's last All-Star Game appearance was? Yeah, I do. Go ahead. I guarantee that. In fact, I guarantee you won't have this answer. Put that in the spreadsheet. <laughs> I'd even give you plus minus three years. Okay, 2014. You're wrong. Even with the plus minus? Even with the plus minus. Really? Yep. Damn. He, DVR? Like 2000. I'll say 2011. Uh, you are wrong. He was an all-star in 2011. His last all-star appearance what? was in 2018. Oh. Matt Kemp was an all-star two years ago. Hit 290, 338, on-base percentage, 21 home runs in 462 at-bats. I also don't understand doubles. why he was on that all-star team. Like, hey, it, doesn't, it just happened. You wouldn't have to understand it, but it happened. Oh, I, I, it it, it might have been it, voted, it's, which is weird, but he did have a good year two years ago. Like that, that's if you take those numbers and then give him half his games in Colorado in a shortened season, he's rosterable in deep mixed leagues. Is he is he a fixture on a roster, or is he more a guy that you pick up when they're at home for a series and then you cut him loose when they go on the road? Like, what, what's your threshold for rostering Matt Kemp? He's Mickey Cabrera for me, like. You, you've got a guy who had great talent at one point, has long passed his prime, but could, you know, in a 60-game season, find a really hot couple of weeks. Which is why Bryce Harper at 16 makes a lot of sense because, for me, because he he has those three weeks periods where he just goes crazy. And you, you throw three weeks of uh, numbers up like Bryce Harper can do in a 60-game season, that's pretty powerful, you know? That high upside matters. So you know, I mean, Matt Kemp, really under the radar, but yeah, in a, in a, in in the fifty round draft, I'll pick up Matt Kemp. Sure, I'll put it this way: like Worth. I I kind of viewed him before I read this story actually, and then went back and looked at his numbers as like, oh, you know, that dude's gonna hit one twenty one, you know, and get like a tenth of the at bats, and just kind of be a throwaway dude off the bench once in a while. But now I feel like he might be a little more involved, maybe. Possibly. I didn't, you know, you forget that he was that good two years ago. As recently as two years ago. Charlie Bachman's going to need some time at the DH spot. He's, you know, he, he his knees are getting up there. Uh, let's go up to Renaldo Lopez. How about that? Renaldo Lopez, uh, there's a good story by James Fegan on our site about how Renaldo Lopez, uh, you know, he, he looked back at his 35 home runs that he gave up last year, and he basically said like I, I figured out what was wrong with each of them and it was in my head it's like I had a stray thought or I got you know I just lost it for a second um, and he's been working with uh, the team psychologist he's been on this app called Headspace he's been fairly open about it I mean, he doesn't go too in depth about things that he's doing but he said you know he's he's recognized that it's a mental thing and they even go out of the way to say like it's not the teammates they're not like he's a he's a head case it's just like he's, you know, sometimes just it's just if he's mentally locked in, he'll be such a better pitcher because he's got all these gifts. Um, and it seems like he's taken steps to fix that. So is this is this the year Ronaldo Lopez becomes the Ronaldo Lopez we thought he could always be? DVR. 
I think you can get back to the 2018 ratios. I think having Grandal behind the plate helps. You know, one of the league's better pitch framers. Team around him is better just in terms of run support. So I think that bodes well. The stuff's good. The command isn't. And I do think with Michael Kopech opting out, there's one fewer legitimate threat to replace him if he goes through a stretch where he's struggling. So I think I'm okay with Lopez where he goes. ADP in July is 339. So I, I think at that point, you're not necessarily drafting him to put him in your lineup and just leave him there. I think he's a little bit more of an in-and-out sort of guy. Definitely throwing him against you know, the Royals, the Tigers, the Pirates. Uh, maybe even other home matchups, he's pretty safe there as well. So in at the price, I don't think he's like a must-draft player, but there's enough talent there to buy in. Ian, uh, he was on your team for a little while in OOTP. In our- he sure was. Yeah. How did he do? Not great. And it, I, I always felt that OOTP wasn't quite fair to him, that they didn't give him the stuff that he really has. Uh, he was always coming out as a 45 pitcher either as a starter or reliever. I will tell you this. I had a choice between Keuchel and the late, right? So on this particular team, I'm just going to tell you who the staff is. I went Snell, Luis Castillo, Madison Bumgarner, took him in the 11th round, thinking of our bet, saying Nando says it's going to be a nine strikeout per nine. I'm taking him. Uh, Carlos Martinez, Mike Fultonewitz, Sean Manaya, AJ Puck, Masahiro Tanaka, and I decided, I was like, all right, now I can either take Keuchel, John Gray. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez and uh, Kyle Gibson, they, they all went in the 22nd. I decided to go with Keuchel ahead of Ronaldo Lopez. I had not read this article yet. Had I read this article, I think I might have gone Lopez. So I actually dropped all these. So I made the rundown. And then as I'm making the rundown, I'm like, this should be a really good roundup column. So I turned it into a column. So you can actually read a bunch of these stories off a column on the site right now. Um, yeah, I rounded them all up for you, Ian. Beautiful. I love it. That's what friends do. Uh, by the way, right, so right above that, Clint Frazier, and I know, like, I know we have limited time on the show and we got to be serious and everyone's drafting this weekend, but uh, Clint Frazier had some amazing quotes that I think, like, if I didn't tell you who said them, and I think I'd sent a text and you had to guess, or I just, you know, didn't say who it was. Ian, that, those are not Clint Frazier knucklehead quotes. This is Clint Frazier mature baseball player quotes about how he's wearing a mask because he wants to protect like a lot of the clubhouse workers and the people who you know, are either older or they have someone at home who's older and just really thinking about a lot of other people that aren't him. I really Similar to what he did that. last year with the Frisbee at uh, Syracuse. I really appreciate that. And I will, um, I'm going to actually take away... It's so sad that I'm so known for the hate of Clint Frazier. It's just sad. It's just like that's what you know. I think there was that Twitter feed was like, "What you name a fantasy baseball analyst and and what he's known for?" And mine is Clint Frazier. Um, I will say this about Clint Frazier: I tip my hat to him on that, and my feelings about him have shifted because of that. I'm still not drafting him, but um, sorry, if Aaron Hicks re-injures himself, yeah, then would you consider drafting Clint Frazier? Well, draft. I mean, Clint Frazier is a pickup in redraft leagues at this point. Um, I, I actually think Michael Talkman, I'm a little higher on than Clint Frazier. I think he's first one into the spot. I really like Michael Talkman. He's got a real Paul O'Neill vibe to him. You know, kind of he plays the game like him, and I, I like Talkman. I think he's got a. I think he's got a real future in New York. So, but I think Talkman ahead of Frazier. I mean, Frazier just can't catch the ball. Like if you watch him play defense, it, it. Anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to turn this into a Clint Frazier bashing. Um, but I appreciate his wisdom there. Uh, but no, I'm. I'm still not looking to Clint Frazier. Though I think he can hit. I mean, the kid can hit. 
But we already got Giancarlo Stanton for that spot of I can hit and not catch the ball. How worried are we about Aaron Judge? I know that's not under the radar, but... uh... Well, considering you have him on your Triple Crown AL only team... Which, of course, I'm I a little worried. I'm a little worried about it. Or how are you feeling about it? 30 uh, bucks? You know, well, you know what? Inside Injuries wrote an article. And I'm, not, I'm, not, sorry, I'm not, I don't. this is not like a, a marketing vehicle for the site, but like this is where I'm reading everything and learning everything. Um, and I also picked up stuff from MLB.com, by the way. It's not just all our stuff. But Inside Injuries said, true story, write an article. They, they put the article in. Virginia Zakis put the article in on, I want to say, like Friday night. Or maybe Thursday night, whatever it was, and they're like, you know, the first night, the first guy on there is Judge, and it was like, don't don't be surprised if he has some kind of other upper body ailment connected to his coming back from things. Right, it's his neck now. Yeah, and I'm like, so I had to write it back and be like, Judge just hurt his neck. Can you please rewrite this? Like you were totally right, and I wish it. We I just hit publish the second I got it because they called it. Like they were like, yeah, this is this is gonna happen. Don't be surprised. Very high injury risk. Stay away this season. But it was very impressive. For me, on Judge, Nando, I said this to you the moment you said, I'm drafting the team, and I'm playing the team, and I'm drafting Aaron Judge for $30. I said, if Aaron Judge plays, you're a genius. If Aaron Judge doesn't play, you're a schmuck. So right now, you're like a gear schmuck. I'll take right it. I've been called worse. The The level of alert goes like unnecessarily high Anything, anytime something comes up with Judge, though, now. like He's just one of those yeah. players. Like If anything happens, we're like, oh, no, he's broken. And It's like Greg Oden in, in basketball. I mean, you know what I mean? It's, he's just a little too big for the game, maybe. He might just be a little too big for the game. Well, you know what else I noticed is that like I learned this through studying injuries. When they say neck, like my brain's like, oh, okay, he's got a stiff neck. Like When I sleep on it, weird. But neck can really like extend down a little bit to like the top of your shoulders, like that area between your shoulders and your actual jaw. I guess is neck, and, and the neck can I also be you know applied to upper back. Playing baseball with a with a hurt neck is very hard. I had I have had that experience, and it is no fun because of the way you have to set your head when you're facing the pitcher. Your neck is you know every part of your body is really important when you're playing a sport. It's 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 tough news. That's tough news, but uh, yeah, it sucks. I'll tell you, the Yankees' rotation uh, is just not very good. The Yankees may not be very good this year. They, they, they're just. I, I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure that they're going to be as good as the Rays. I don't. I don't know that the Yankees win that division. I could see them really kind of struggling this year. Foregone conclusion: the Rays are just going to run away with this. Do you think? Yeah, that's a team that's perfectly built for 60 games. I think they're going to handle it really well, but I don't. I don't have the same concerns about the Yankees' rotation that Ian does. I mean, I, I like Cole and Paxton a ton as the first two. I, I like Paxton more than most people, I guess. I see a top twenty starting pitcher. Cole is probably the best pitcher in the league. Maybe it falls apart near the back. I mean, Tanaka being hurt right now could expose their depth a little bit. Hap's fine as like a four or five. Jordan Montgomery's fine. They seem to really like Clark Schmidt. So I'm I'm sort of curious to see if he actually gets some run. That's what it needs. Like you need somebody to come up from the minors and and be a a, a definite like a guy who can take care of things. Especially you know Chapman being out, it's like ah oh, it's fine. Britain moves there. Well, all of a sudden then everybody else moves up, and then Jonathan Holder is getting more more innings than you want. You know these things matter every step of the way. So it's uh, wait, Loisig is the guy, right? Like let's not come on, guys. He's nasty. I don't. I got his rookie card. Is it signed? Yeah, obviously. And there's a patch of his jersey. Get out. A patch? Yeah. <laughs> with a pinstripe. With a pinstripe. 
Really? That's cool. Yeah. That is cool. So, Good patch. Not, not, as, not as cool as the Mariano bag, but still really cool. There it is. Uh, so I wanted to hit a couple quick guys. AJ, AJ Puck. AJ Puke. I forget Ooh, that we have official puck, pronunciation puck, puck, of Puke. Puck. Uh, puck cut puck. his hair. Love it. Uh, and it's tall. Like, it has a quote where he's like, yeah, I'm thinking about I want to play all 12 games into the playoffs, man. Let's go. Like, he's ready to be I the love starting it. pitcher for the Oakland Athletics love and just go nuts. And they're comparing him to Randy Johnson. Uh, love it. Yes. Please. I mean, like, are, I we, got are, puck we, are we sleeping everywhere. on Puck a little bit? Yeah, right. Go ahead. No. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not sleeping on him. I mean, I got him everywhere. Every single place. I mean, I bought him for $7 in AL labor. And at the time, I was like, that is going to help me a lot. He's a $14 player right now. True or false? Uh, well, again, AL labor was different. So, like, you know, $7 in AL labor. I I don't know. Maybe he's like a $12 player right now. But I, but I think he could be an $18 player in this league. I love that he cut his hair. I actually think that does matter because his, his issue is, like, professionalism. That's what he's trying to say. He's like, I'm taking this more seriously. Same thing I was talking about. He's in his 20s, and he's going to, like, work on his job. Like, that's the most important thing. Like, don't go hang out in bars. Go go watch film. Go learn. Like I would sit with Shakespeare monologues alone in my apartment, and just everyone else is out at a party, and I'm just trying to get better. If AJ Puck is trying to get better, he's putting himself in position. He's got ridiculous stuff. If he has the command, we can't call him Randy Johnson, who's a Hall of Famer. But that's the that's he's the sixth pick in the draft in 2017. Has had some real injury issues, but he's ready to go. I mean, he Byron Buxton. The same. Oh my God, Buxton! I just had a heart attack this week. But that same thing, where where Puck at the beginning of the season had some injury issues, has had time to get over that. He's ready to go, man. I think he could be. I think he could be a top twenty-five pitcher this year. I definitely think he could be. Uh, we're kind of up against the wall for time, or else we would go back and we would talk a little more about those monologues. But uh, DVR, no. AJ Puck. If Ian says twelve, do you go thirteen? In a mixed league. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's say American League. Whatever. Whatever context you want to use. But yeah. Well, sure. Like, AL only. I definitely would go a little. Like maybe fourteen, fifteen is the high end, depending on what I've got. Uh, mixed league. Twelve is a good number to kind of stop at. I think it, it, the shortened season. You, you have no worries about innings restrictions as a whole. You're just worried about in-game management. It just comes down to command. I, I think he's going to strike plenty of guys out. I think there's a, a ton to like ceiling-wise, but. Could be a bumpy road. Like I, I think it could be fringe top two hundred guy right now in terms of NFBC ADP. I'm comfortable taking him there, but if I'm looking at Puck versus Ross Stripling for 2020 only, going Ross Stripling. I took Puck in the 15th round, last pick of the 15th. Yeah, I mean that's right. Or that's that's like right around the range of where he normally goes. Right ahead of Garrett Richards, Sandy Alcantara, um, Aaron Savali. And Ross Stripling. I took him ahead of Stripling. Where'd Julio Urias go in that? Ah, that was interesting. Did I take Urias? I don't think I did. Eighth round? Urias went in the 10th. Wow. I took Buxton. Who? In the 10th. All right. And Brandon Workman in the 9th, because I needed a closer. Darn it. It's crazy. These closers are crazy in in this new setup of 60 games. And I understand why it's so crazy, but it's crazy. Guys are taking closers like... Fifth round, they were is where the run started. Yeah, a bunch of those risers were closers. We and DVR, I don't know if you want to get into. We, we texted a little bit about this last night. Ian didn't jump in, but DVR and I did in our group text. There were some dudes at the bottom who've fallen pretty hard, and I think I tied it all together in that they're bottom of the order hitters. And there's a trend, and you're starting to pick up on it that people are going after the one, two, three, four hitters and just completely trashing the seven, eight, nines. So like Willie Adamas dropped like 150 spots in ADP. 
Uh, Jerks and Profar dropped 150 spots in ADP from March until July. Like, nothing happened in between. And I googled the crap out of things to find out what was going on. And it's just, I think just people are dropping those those dudes who are going to bat 7, 8, or 9. And it's Is that I, what you I, think it is? Yeah. Why else would they drop when, when nothing else has changed? Pro, I, I, took, I just took Profar on the 24th. Because for you, really, for you and well, thank you for us, for us, <laughs> really for us. I did DVR. Why? But why I mean, are they it, dropping? That's what I want to know. Like, so no one's gotten hurt. No one's got coronavirus. Everyone's reported. Everyone's everything is normal. Nothing has changed. See, there's not even like a story like Profar sat around and ate cheese. It's all day. Like, it's just. But see, the thing about Profar is they're dropping because, because dropping they're seven, Dozier, eight, nine. They released Dozier and Mateos hurt. Yeah. So it seems to me that Profar has more of an angle towards the job than ever. So I, I don't understand that. DVR, you got are you with us? What, what what do you think? I can't quite figure out what's happening, but I'm noticing that for players who are pretty much outside the top 200, the the max pick, like the latest they go, stretches way way lower right now than you would think. And I'm wondering if maybe the number of drafts being still kind of low is skewing the ADP number, because if you look at the the overall rank as opposed to the ADP number, like Willie Adames is going around 347 overall, the ADP is 486. So something's askew in just the number of drafts or something about how that's being calculated. Yeah, but there are like thir- there are 40 drafts in this. The data has 40 drafts. Adames went 20th round, middle of the 20th. I can tell you, so, I mean, the obvious ones dropped, but... Nick Ahmed. Why did Nick Ahmed drop 238 spots? Because he's boring. I was thinking about that. Yeah, but he was boring um, in March. Yeah, but in March there was a little bit of a jump to him because he really was pretty good last year. He was he was rosterable in a 15 team mixed. Um, so I I, I kind of like Nick Ahmed as a as a you know first guy off the bench middle infielder shortstop a lot. He's a starter. He had a career high in home runs last year. He can steal a few bases. Yeah, he's tremendous defensively, so he's not going to lose his job. Yeah, people just don't want him because he's batting eighth. He's batting eighth. Uh, he was fine. Yeah, maybe. He was good. He was like two fifty, right. fifteen home runs. I think. Yo, you guys got uh, you guys got a meeting. It's we're 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 running up against that clock. You're right. We should kill this. This is fun. I'm glad we're taking this seriously again. Yeah. Although I don't like the daylight. Come on, <laughs> it's awesome. I love it for the yeah, night man, to- Derek Van Ryber. Ah, I do miss the night shows, but this is this is no! this is better for the the harmony of the show. Fighter of the day, man, Ian Khan. I like the daytime. I'm a little bit a little bit head clearer, a little bit less alcohol in my system because I'm not. I don't like drinking that much, and uh, and it's always fun to be on with you guys. And good luck, everybody, in your pickups and your drafts. Oh, secret word. Let's do it because you might need some help this weekend on Twitter. Yes, uh, the secret word is Dr. Tom. Yeah, all right. Hit us up, Dr. Tom, either the long-form doctor or the DR Tom. We'll accept both. Uh, <laughs> do that on Twitter. We're glad to help. Fantasypodsoftheathletic.com. Uh, we'll be back next week. We are officially eight days away from the start of a Major League Baseball season, which should be full of chaos and fun. So we'll have one more show. Get your questions in, podcastoftheathletic.com. Might not be able to help you because we assume your drafts will be done by this time next week. But good luck. Godspeed. We'll see you next time.